1: I had to stop being shy about it. In this episode of the IO Idea podcast, I'm joined by Alex Kobelfrakes. Alex is a holistic coach and the CEO and co founder of the Agenda Period app, which specializes in period empowerment. After returning from the Peace Corps in 2015, she felt out of touch with her own health, so she started on a path of healing. This healing became her passion and she now works with entrepreneurs to help harness the power of their monthly cycle for maximum impact and revenue in their business. We discuss Alex's journey growing up in Iowa, traveling to 20 different countries, as well as serving in the Peace Corps in Peru. Alex describes her unexpected journey, originally thinking that she would be an ESL teacher, to becoming a business major, and eventually becoming an entrepreneur. We talk about Alex's company, the agenda period, as well as the importance of having women entrepreneurs and business leaders that can serve as examples for girls and young women. We dig into health coaching, menstrual health, and entrepreneurship, and how those elements converged with the agenda period. Alex describes her work to depoliticize menstruation, and why menstruators deserve dignity and equal opportunities around the globe, and why it's so important to reduce shame and help support fully embodied women. I always appreciate Alex's positive energy and her drive to help open opportunities for everyone to be their best selves and reach their true power and potential. Through her work, she also provides important perspectives on social justice and allyship. It was an honor having Alex join me on the show. I hope you enjoy the episode. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today on the Iowa Idea Podcast. It's it's a pl- pleasure every time I get to talk to you, but uh, especially to uh, have you on the podcast. So thanks for, for joining me. If you don't mind, for our guests, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super pumped. I have been hoping to get on this podcast since you launched it. I was like, we do do cool things in Iowa. We should talk about it. So I'm I was so pumped when you you know really launched this idea. Um about me, I'm Alex Colefrecks. I am the CEO of The Agenda Period. I am the mother of twin babies, twin uh, little cuties. Um they were born in November of 2020. And something else that's random about me is I love to travel. I've been to about 20 countries, so that's a fun fact about me.
1: Uh, right on. Before we go too too far, uh, of those 20, is there a favorite?
0: Oh, that's so hard. Um, I was a Peace Corps volunteer, so I lived in Peru for the longest. So, and that's where I met my husband. So there, there's some bias there, <laughs> you know. I definitely love Peru, um, but I had a really great time in Germany. I spent about six months in Germany. And then Guatemala is the first country I went to without my parents when I was 15, so Guatemala really has a special place in my heart, too.
1: Oh, that's great. Uh, So... Again, thanks for for joining me. I know we've we've had some great conversations and really excited to to talk to you uh, about uh your your latest venture so as CEO of the Agenda Period for for folks that might not know tell uh tell us a little bit about uh the agenda.
0: The Agenda Period is a really cool tool and planning system at the high level that helps folks understand their menstrual cycle and then use that information to inform their planning self care and wellness routines you can see i've said that a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It really kind of started in my own foray into entrepreneurship was when we actually met, I was starting a health coaching company and entrepreneurship is a wild wild. Ride And there's not a great guidebook that I found yet that really lays out the steps in the right order of how to do it well, or seamlessly. I think there's always a lot of messiness when we're starting our own entrepreneurial journey. So when I started health coaching, I was all over the place and a mentor recommended that I track my sales conversions. I was like, Oh, I can make a spreadsheet. I got this. So I started tracking my sales conversions and I found that I had the highest sales in the ovulation phase of my menstrual cycle. And I was like, what didn't even start off to like be about my period. And even though the word periods in the name, Um, but I was like, I've heard about cycle thinking, which means adapting or shifting your exercise or what you eat to support the four phases of the menstrual cycle. I've learned about that as a health coach and even in college. I was like, why is not anyone talking about how we can do this for business? Uh, and when we peel back that layer, just to be super transparent, a lot of the people in business and making tools for business don't have periods. So I don't think it's ever occurred to them to, to help folks orient their, their workflow in that way. So when I started connecting those dots, that's it, it got me really excited to move deeper and deeper into this space.
1: That that's great. Uh, So again, your early interests were more in entrepreneurship. You start to connect the dots, and then with the agenda period, I know you've been talking. uh, Maybe driving awareness might be uh, a better phrase, uh, but also just um, all of the maybe the the health related components to to it and 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 healthy conversations right around menstruation and why that is maybe difficult for a lot of people so one of the things I've really appreciated what is the energy that you bring to the conversation uh the positive energy and uh but it is uh an interesting space that's not discussed a lot and what are what have been some of the kind of interesting things you've found as you you talk about this because I (laughs) what i i I remember one conversation we had with the sitting u.s senator right when we were introducing our businesses
0: (laughs) that was great that was early on and i had decided i if i was going to make this successful i just had to stop being shy about it right i just had to really tell people what i was here for because like i said even i when i after i was into this world i didn't really I wasn't there to be like, yes, periods, blah, 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 but as I fell down the rabbit hole, I have a really great background in policy, um, you know, nonprofit work, educational support, and so I understood, I started to peel back the layers and understand how period poverty impacts millions of women and menstruators around the world, being like not having the supplies you need to to handle menstruation with dignity, not being able to dispose of the the blood or you know being able to contain it or have those products which stops people from going to school can cut out economic opportunities and i i realized i didn't know about it because we don't talk about it and we keep being shy about it or or feeling shame about it so i had to decide you know what i'm going to really plant my flag here and and talk about how political periods are because it is it's healthcare, being having access to these supplies. Anyone with a period needs to have access and has the right as on a really human basic level. Um, Just like we have the right to have clean drinking water and should have the right to have clean air. We know that those things aren't always true and they are most often not true for the people who are marginalized and pushed to the fringes of society. And that is absolutely true with menstruation, people experiencing homelessness in the United States, folks who are incarcerated, um, low income people have the hardest time getting the supplies that they need. And that's bullshit. So um, it it had like, I couldn't build an, a period empowerment company that focused on the health aspect. If I was going to stay quiet about this really shadowy side of this world. And even if my product doesn't, Directly address that something I'm really committed to is partnering those who do address that base need and being really loud, even where it might make people uncomfortable, because that's the only way we're going to stop feeling we're talking about it.
1: Yeah, and I I really appreciate too again the positive energy that you one that you bring in general, but uh, specifically too to the to this initiative and uh, from a from a humanity perspective too just. Uh, the word dignity, right? That you know some of the the dignity that you're you're bringing to this, and through our conversations, through following you too, I, I have to say my own personal awareness too to uh, challenges uh, some that I didn't even know exist, but make complete sense. Like in my in my realm, right? Just kind of middle America, right? But as you've talked about oh, globally too, is uh, how this really can put women at a at a severe disadvantage, right? When you from an education perspective, from a work perspective, you know what what might be considered allowed, you know, allowed or um, available to people. So, uh, just want to let you know, I really appreciate the work that you're doing on that front. Uh, if you don't mind, I I, I do want to go back into the product itself a little bit, your entrepreneurial journey, but uh, again, some of the things that you've you've learned at how something as simple as one's period and i i say that you know not having a period myself <laughs> all right? i i haven't but these, is is something as basic normal human as a period why that uh is so challenging for for many and and probably we, we'll say the men first but as the patriarchy kind of sets many of the agendas so to speak right uh mm-hmm. is why why is it so challenging do you think for for so many communities and cultures to have a more open healthy conversation
0: because when we fill a group this is my you know my what i've witnessed and what i believe to be true is when we fill someone with shame they're a lot easier to control uh there it's a lot easier to be small when you can't um accept a part of yourself and i see that in my my coaching work when they when someone has something they uh, feel is shameful from their past it's hard for them to be fully embodied and the patriarchy does not want fully embodied women and when we when we look back further a lot of native cultures actually and particularly some of the things i've read about native cultures from north america the north american continent had really beautiful spiritual practices surrounding menstruation um uh moon time they would maybe go into huts i've actually heard and like be in community with the other women who are on their periods um i've heard some kind of whisperings around the fact that men made sweat lodges because they they didn't they recognized how powerful menstruation was and they were unable to kind of conjure that naturally so they created what would be akin to that kind of experience for themselves. So they're kind of jealous of like the intuitive power that got tapped into. Um, When we look at some of the spiritual side, people think it's like the opening of the portal between life and death because that's how babies are born. And so like menstruation is the only other time when that that, the opening of the cervix to to shed the endometrial tissue actually opens. So a lot of people have this really spiritual grounding in it. And then, um, you know, hello, um, colonization really bashed those traditions to bits. And again, there was a lot of shame um, calling people savage, calling people uneducated. How could you how could you worship something like this when you should worship God, like the Christian God? So there's a lot of clean,
1: a clean, sterile,
0: clean, sterile. Yeah, there's so there's some really insidious nature. And that's another reason why I say periods are political. Right. Periods are political because these these things are intricately woven together. Colonization, white supremacy. And these are not things that I came to on day one of this, like I'm going to make a period company journey, but just like going through deeper into the into the world. I've really started to see some of these pieces and it's very interesting. And it's what I want to help eradicate on the planet, because women's and menstruators spend on average eight years of their life bleeding. And if we are full of shame during that time, if we are disconnected or disembodied from ourselves, think of how much energy and potency and like amazingness is cut off from humanity, because we are we are so embarrassed of ourselves, and that's that's unacceptable.
1: Thank you, and uh, h- help me out if I'm if I'm off base here. Uh, but one one of the things that I'm hearing. Kind of going back to the dignity component, too, is I'm a, I'm a big believer that um, individuals themselves, uh, teams, organizations get so much more when we can bring our authentic self to the table. And I feel like this is a component, too, to help roughly half the population, <laughs> right? Help be their authentic selves uh, in, in all forms of our lives, not just like work productivity, not just... Uh, you know, being individuals, but it it seems like I know what you're doing. Again, when we help people be their authentic selves, I think there's, there's a lot of power that can be uh, untapped, almost like trapped value that you're liberating through this. And this is one component of it. Just want to get your thoughts to kind of my ham fisted comment there
0: that's exactly what I feel is like my, my big work in the world is like the the North star of this company is true global menstrual equity. Uh, Meaning that everyone who has a period has access to the supplies, the education and the opportunity for empowerment around how their physiology works, because the period is the phase we know the most of, but people with a menstrual cycle are always somewhere within this hormonal fluctuation. Um, And men have their own hormonal fluctuation or non menstruators, but it's just a 24 hour pattern and we see that as default for human and that's not true it's only default for half of the population so it's time that we can have this expansive view so that everyone can live in their authentic selves because I know we have a lot of challenges like this is my like my the behind the scenes behind the scenes we are facing as a global family a lot of challenges and so I want to help open up every ounce of energy and and possibility and potential for people so that they can do what their calling is right it's called like I don't love the Catholic Church, but they talk about vocational discernment, it's the best phrase I've ever heard of, where your gifts and talents line up with a a need in your community, and you get to drive towards that because you are in your your best flow, right? Your purpose matching up with a need in your community, and I feel like this work helps open people up to their true potential and power. This is one of many tools, and so yes, absolutely.
1: Thank you. And I, I I really appreciate the explanation there too. And, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, could you, you, even the, the light that went off making a connection between, um, kind of your ovulation phase and kind of sales related activity. Uh, if I remember from one of your, your presentations, right, there's kind of four distinct phases that, uh, a menstruator is, is going through at, at, at any given time. Uh, could you walk through just generally what the, those phases are, and and uh, kind of the maybe the implication? I don't know if that implication is the right word, but right because I what I feel like you're you're helping people do with this, and again correct me where I, where wherever I'm off on this, but I feel like what you're doing is uh, helping provide a context to where one is at right now and. One of the things that maybe they could how they, how they can be the best their best self yep. at at a given phase. So some some phases seem to lend themselves more to maybe more energetic or extroverted work. Some to maybe more reflective. If I'm remembering that correctly, but yeah, is that is that right? And if and if you don't mind, just <clears throat> walk through kind of the, the the general components of the the phases.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that is, that is totally spot on. And a lot of these have baselines in the hormonal, like the hormonal fluctuations that are going on because hormones are just chemical messengers. They work with, they're amazing, They but they work with all of the systems of the body, including the brain. And so when you're running a different, I think of it as hormonal pattern, it, it lends itself differently. And what I will love to share is just a baseline for people to explore with knowing that Of course you can do anything at any time that you ever choose to do. No one is trying to box anyone in and everyone is a little bit different. So this may be kind of like, what is average? And if you are not with that pattern that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you but there's just kind of a a baseline because we've we've seen this pendulum swing and this is some of the pushback that I've gotten sometimes from like feminists or um, from older women is like, I can do anything. Of course you can. I'm not different, my body's my body's not any different. Well, our bodies are different, right? We actually need the two different hormonal patterns to reproduce and to make more offspring and all, all of these different things. Um, and, and we know that gender is on a spectrum. We know we've gone through a lot of history um, and it's been really challenging for people to own that their bodies are different than maybe what we have seen as normal um and that's very intentionally the patriarchy as well right fight ourselves rather than fight the system that says this is how it should be so there's just a lot of pain and discomfort that can be wrapped into this for folks and that was some of the things we heard really early on like i had to suck this up like why should it be different now like, because we always want the world to be better. I'm sorry. You had such a rough experience. So those are my prefaces. but in terms of the baseline, we start, um, we teach menstruation as phase one. This is when you're going to be kind of the lowest level of those hormones, both progesterone and estrogen, which are our major two, even though we've got some other players here, we're going to feel maybe a little bit more introverted, a little bit calm, perhaps, or maybe even a little bit tired or lethargic so this is the time when we teach planning for the next phase of your business the next couple of weeks or those those next sprints if you're a fan of agile which i actually want to create like an agile training for the menstrual cycle like a
1: kanban board
0: (laughs) yes that is coming down the pipeline at some point um you can thank eric engelman for really instilling like a love of agile inside of me so we're gonna have like the period agile board and i'm very excited hashtag the agenda period um so this this the reason i like to plan during this time is because there's a lower energy. Um, I used to plan and I see a lot of people who the, the couple other folks that teach this teach planning in the follicular phase. And I find that to be terrible because I'm an extrovert and I get really kind of like jacked up on estrogen. And so like, I'm like, let's go, let's do everything. Like, let's go run a marathon. Like, "Ah." and so if that person has a hold of my calendar I will plan way too much shit and then I will be exhausted and I will be like canceling on people and then I'll feel guilty that I canceled on them. So like, we just don't give her my planner anymore. So we do like during the menstrual phases, like setting out that skeleton, maybe putting some of those those dots on your calendar, like say, okay, watch out for this day. Maybe let's not plan too much here. Maybe like don't take clients on this day and kind of getting that scope of the time to come. Or if you're you're planning like a new project or something, this is the great time to write out that skeleton. So I'm planning a group program right now. I actually just sat down on my period and did the mapping out work like, okay, What kind of components do I need? What, how do I want to lay this out? What do I want this to look like? What are my timelines? Like, let's map that out. So that's phase one. Phase two is the follicular phase. So this is when estrogen starts to build and rise as well as follicle stimulating hormone, which is prepping the next batch of eggs that will race each other towards ovulation. Um, So those things are going on in your body. And so this is when we can feel more. You can tell I'm in the follicular phase today. You start to feel a little bit (laughs) more.
1: Actually, one of my follow up questions was going to be when you were deciding when to join me on the show.
0: (laughs) Follicular phase, it was was well time. So uh, more energy, more extroversion, a great time, I think to, to try something new. So if you're a business owner, if you want to try something out, you're going to have a little bit of a thicker skin because estrogen works with the serotonin receptors in the brain. So I find if something doesn't go particularly well, but I do it in the follicular phase, ah oh, it's okay i'll have another chance at that later versus if i try something brand new like in the luteal phase i may not feel as good about it and i may not bounce back as quickly um so just knowing that can be a great time to say like what do i want to plan something <laughs> so this is a great doing doing time we're like the busy bee during this time um so that that's the follicular phase then ovulation phase a great time for sales conversations, podcasts, uh recording video content. Um our faces are the most symmetrical during this time and we ha- we're sending out a ton of hormonal messengers because on the like evolutionary biology, our bodies want to be pregnant even if your brain does not want to be pregnant. So this is a a great time to ask for what you want. So if you work for someone else, maybe ask for a raise during this time. Um it's just harder to say no to you. So we have high estrogen, we have the highest peak of testosterone during this time, and then also the luteinizing hormone, which is what actually makes the egg pop out as the last batch of eggs have been maturing from the follicle stimulating hormone over the past 12, 14 days. So that's all kind of like coming to a head, And then we go back down the other side, estrogen starts to reduce, um, progesterone will start to be released after the corpus luteum is made, which I am obsessed with the corpus luteum. It's just like this little structure that is left after the egg pops out and it becomes fully vascularized in 24 hours, which is the only system in the body that does that. Like, why are we not taught about how freaking amazing this is? I, my biology lesson was like you have an egg and the, yeah. then like the sperm swims up and does all this amazing stuff i'm like oh no oh no so.
1: well right i mean you know from a patriarchy view you it, it has to be the sperm that's doing all the hard work right yeah um no but in uh so thank you for sharing all that yeah of course i didn't know right so one i i appreciate that and and in general, I'll say it is sometimes I can mentally just go on a a kick on just how fascinating the human body is just with all of the different cells and just the, the, the different jobs they have and when they decide to do it, uh, how, how it's, how it's pulled off. I mean, it's, it's a,
0: it's 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 a beautiful, cool. yeah, it's so a beautiful cool. <laughs> symphony that's
1: going on, um, I want to back up a a little bit uh, to talk to me because we, we, we jumped right into the business and I I want to back, I want to back up. So we're now, now it's a, it's very young, Alex, you're, you're growing up. Where do you think your interest either in entrepreneurship in general came or, uh, you know, even more specifically where you see yourself now, can you look back and say, oh, that pattern makes sense, or I was always interested in plank, or I was always doing this. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about your early life that led to this.
0: It's so interesting because my stepdad would always joke around that I would either be like a used car salesperson or a lawyer. Like he said that all the time, because it was very persuasive person. uh, And that was pretty much from Jump Street. Um, I do remember selling Girl Scout cookies at a very young age, and being a little like I have this blend of performance uh, because my mom was a theater director, so I was always I was on stage from age three. So I've got this blend of like performance, competition, and like drive for social justice that has like created this interesting combination. Um, but so people have been telling me, oh, like you should do sales, business, something like that, and I was like, absolutely not. I'm going to be a teacher. I don't know, I wanted to be an ESL teacher. Um, and, but at the same time, I, I kept doing a lot of fundraising and nonprofit work. Start, you know, maybe even starting, the Girl Scouts is not nonprofit, but like yeah. selling cookies. And then I did fundraising for a church group. I was involved in. I raised like a thousand dollars. I raised like a fourth and I was one of like the 14 kids that was in, in, in the program. And then I went to Warburg and I was like, I'm gonna be a teacher. But then my first job was, um, raising money for, for Wartburg. I was a night caller. So I did the phone fundraising. <laughs> I, in, my,
1: in grad school, my assistantship was, I was, I managed the Telefund at Illinois <laughs> State.
0: <laughs> so you, had, Someone like you worked with someone like me and I apologize. I, you know, I think yeah. you had a lot of stamina to do that. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I raised like an insane amount of money. My first year, I raised like $94,000 phone fundraising for Wartburg. Um,
1: which humble, which sorry humble just, for, brag, humble yeah, brag. just for the <laughs> just for the listeners though, just I mean that that is that's pure cold calling, right? It's in it's it's one important part of like university kind of development fundraising effort, but it, it's pure cold call, like right. There's no relationship with anybody. And I just find that <laughs> as an interesting mo- model is that we're also throwing basically throwing undergrads at and, <laughs> Fingers, fingers crossed that somebody like had a good the experience. Yeah,
0: yeah. so I did that. And then, I, like I said, I was going to be an ESL teacher. They had told me that they were like creating a program when I was on my campus tour. And then I got there. They're like, I don't know who told you that we're not ever going to have an ESL program. I was like, okay. And so this, this, this teacher was like, you just need to become an English major. And I was like, here's the thing. I'm not going to do that. And so she's like, "Well, you have to decide what you like, because no one tells me that I have to do something that's like just a recipe for a disaster for that other person." This is why I can't be employed, Matt. Like, I cannot work for other people. I am important part at being of the the employee. entrepreneurial
1: journey. Right? Is when you realize, uh, as I one friend of mine said. I'm I'm not employable.
0: (laughs) I am. I am not employable. I am like a terrible employee. Um, Yeah, I'm really terrible. But she's like, you can't you have to just like be an English teacher. I was like, no, I don't have to do that. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not doing that. So I was like in this like fundraising world. And then I met Timothy E. West. He convinced me to do this nonprofit class. And I was like, fine, I don't, I'm like, my life is in shambles. I'm not going to be an ESL teacher. I don't know what I'm going to do anyway. And he, I really got hooked on this class and it was about solving global problems with entrepreneurship. And I was like, here's the thing, U.S., people in business suck. And so I'm not going to do that. He's like, he was trying to get me to become a business major. And I was like, I'm absolutely not going to do that because people in corporate America are terrible. And he was like, Hey, Alex, guess what? I was like, Because if you had a business, you don't have to be terrible because you can make the rules. And I was like, so I became a business major and then still left undergrad, like with no desire to actually make a business because the, the seed was planted, but I had no idea what I would actually do. So then I left. I was a Peace Corps volunteer. I came back. I was an AmeriCorps volunteer always working with education and youth. I did a lot of different, different stuff in that world. Then I ran a gear up program in a TUMLA and the kids were awesome. And I hated the like, they're never going to listen to this podcast, but like, I really hated the people I worked with, like on the adult side. Um, so then I, I took a job with a startup in California. They're also never going to listen to this. And that was also terrible um, because I finally was like, I really hate almost all of my bosses. But I'm the only thing they have in common. And so like I am the common denominator here. Maybe I should finally take what all these people have been saying, my stepdad for my whole life, my college advisor, like maybe I should like set up my own shop doing something. And it's really random that it was health coaching, but I had been working with, as a contractor for a health coaching company since 2015, kind of, as I went through my own health journey, someone's was like, you know, like they, there are just like people who have health coaching businesses. And I was like, okay. So I said yes to that, because I was like, I got to get the heck out of Dodge and stop working for other people. So why not use my business degree, my love for health, my love for education, my love for empowerment of people. this like really interesting thread where all the dots finally got connected but it was really all along to lead me to the agenda period so
1: that that's great I and and uh you know tragedy plus time is comedy I just go going back to your like your campus tour I just I love the idea of uh here's what I want oh 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 yeah we we're not only are going to have the major it's 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 going to be the best there's going to be (laughs) There's part of me that would like, just want to like, turn it into uh like performance art. Oh yeah, of course we, we're going to have the greatest facility. Uh, you're getting in early. You're going to love it.
0: <laughs> That's literally because then like when I went to that teacher, cause I was in like foundations of ed, she's like, who told you that? And I was like, this person, I like told her name. She's like, yeah, she doesn't even work here anymore. I was like,
1: what? <laughs> So uh, on the ESL front, just out of, out of curiosity, what was uh, what was there a specific language you were interested in teaching?
0: So um, I was going to work with, so ESL works with all different people who have, the, are learning English as their second language. Um, right. And I got into that because I in, in high school, I took a trip to Guatemala, and then there was an ESL classroom at my school, so I started volunteering with Mrs. Tweedy she's a, she's a gem. She'll also probably never listen to this podcast, but she wouldn't feel flattered if she heard this. Um, but your,
1: your, she, your estimation of my audience is is filling me with pride.
0: <laughs> no, there are a ton of people who are going to listen to it, but not all of these, like these, these ghosts <laughs> from my past, let's hope for my sake that they, they do not listen to the Iowa ideas podcast. Um, but she just works with folks from all over the world. And I had this deep love of travel already. Um, probably because my aunt, my aunt Liz had been, she's been to like 90 countries and she was a huge role model my whole life of being from like kind of small town America, but like doing the most incredible things and living in different places and learning different languages. Um, So I was like, man, I want to be like that. So I just saw it as I had a limited view of jobs and what even kind of jobs were available. I think, particularly being a kid growing up in in the Midwest, right? So I was like, uh, "My mom's a teacher, and this other teacher that I know works with people from other countries, and she at least gets exposure to these cultures." So this like, and then I went to Guatemala and I worked at a school, like I volunteered at a rural school. So like, this must be what I want to do is like teach English to people, um, which is fine and amazing and not at all what I want to actually be doing with my life. But I think. I just didn't have i didn't know women who started businesses and that's i still think a really common theme in the ecosystem of one that i want to help create a new narrative around Um, especially growth scale or large companies or tech companies i don't have a single mentor of all my fabulous mentors uh, that's like a female in tech i know they exist but i don't like there's not one on my roster right now
1: yeah thank you i know one of the just Kind of one, of one of the things that you, you, you brought up that I, I, I think is so incredibly important too is uh, is how do you help kids better understand what might be available career wise? I think career one, I, and I, I know it's a really challenging space. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to say, uh, educators aren't doing the right thing, but they, they're so busy, they're so stressed. And I know when I was doing work in this space to the notion of a career counselor or, you know, your, your guidance counselor, one is the things that have changed in, in high schools, right. Is the, the ratio is ridiculous of students to, to a counselor yeah. like and there's
0: one to 300 if you're lucky. Yeah, I think
1: the average I think the average uh, this was, is this was a few years, but when I was doing work for ACT, I think it was uh, north of 750. So one counselor to 750 students.
0: Oh my God.
1: You, you can't have a meaningful relationship. It's hard to scale the good stuff for, for the kids. And uh, just because and, and it's important and necessary, but it becomes more uh, mental, social- emotional health. And so the the actual components related to career guidance, it's like, and this is really dated, but using my high school experience, it was basically: it doesn't look like he's going to stab another person; it doesn't look like he's going to stab himself. <laughs> that that's it, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I I had I I'm gonna I'm gonna say in in my high school, I think I might have had a total of fifteen seconds of conversation with my guidance counselor
0: yeah and i think i was really lucky to at warburg have so much face time with my advisor and it's only because of the size of the institution yeah um and i probably you know i because i was down between warburg and you and i and if i would have gone to you and i, I would have ended up as an esl teacher which would have been like, fine, you know, it would have been a good life, but I don't think it would have utilized my skill sets in the same way. And if I didn't have someone pointing that out to me and helping me think through all of those possibilities, I would have ended up definitely in a very different place. And I wouldn't be here on this glorious podcast talking to you today, Matt. So like, how do we get people to see those opportunities? I I don't know. I think that's why, why it may seem silly, but one of the reasons I put CEO everywhere, I don't know women CEOs, so it's not about like a big ego trip of mine i just like want people to know that there are other options that yep. um that women can do these kind of things and strangely coming full circle i think one of the reasons that women in particular are kind of cut out of some of these leadership roles or additional opportunities is directly tied to the menstrual cycle and when we see when when women start developing a menstrual cycle as young girls like the the divergence of leadership the divergence of participation in sports um and then going later to childbearing years the brunt of the career restriction that women face compared to their male counterparts is directly tied to having a menstrual cycle and then having babies
1: right (laughs) so
0: Uh, like cut out of opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, which then reduces the amount of visibility, reduces the kind of solutions that are created, and around we go again, swirling and swirling and swirling around this problem.
1: A- Absolutely, like yeah, taking a, a systems view of that, right? Just how these become reinforcing loops in yeah. in in many ways. Uh, do want to just because uh, I'm I'm also you know, fascinated with uh, different forms of, of communication. Uh, and I'm just curious, because I I get to see pictures of the beautiful twins. Uh, have they started to develop their, their own communication language between each oh, other? Yeah.
0: And they started mimicking each other. So like there was this one sound that like only Estelle did. It was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And now sometimes like Margot will do it. And I think it's Estelle. And then I get in there and it's Margo. And I'm like, what is
1: going That's how on? they're plotting against
0: you. They are. They absolutely are. But like, they'll just like look at each other and just go like, ba, 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 ba. And like, I don't know. I can't get them to like copy me, but they just like chatter back and forth with each other all of the time, which is one of the things I've heard that there can be slower language development. In terms of like what we consider appropriate language um, for twins because they kind of speak their own and I think we're throwing another wrench into that by being a bilingual household so Spanish and English kind of having equal weight.
1: Uh, Cool. I actually, I want to dig in on on that. Uh, One is I don't, my, so my wife was a French teacher and and then she moved into uh, foreign language education. So that's what brought us to Iowa, her professorship. So a lot, a lot of things related to second language acquisition, ESL uh, components. And for a while, we we were with our firstborn, we were working on doing a little bit of bilingual at home where we were trying to do French and English. And one of the things that I found interesting was how my daughter navigated um uh which word was easier. So, like mm. for example, in 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 French, right, uh lay is easier to say than milk. Uh right. So uh you know, you know that it was just some and uh oh is easier to say than water so those those are some some of those basic needs the French words were used uh we did we did do some basic uh American sign language as well uh so I'm worried sometimes I'm out and still signaling for water to people <laughs> or thank you. <laughs> And I've
0: been trying to teach change. them like more or like not no. And they're like, they just start laughing at me. They're like, what are you doing? I'm, like well the hard part <laughs> no,
1: no is also seemingly weird is how Zoom is giving applause now. <laughs> like there's like somewhere there's there's a no, there's an applause, and jazz hands are all kind of adjacent. So it's kind of hard. To... Exactly. Oh, yeah, man. uh change. And then uh it's funny when you said more is uh uh when my daughter was young, when we'd be driving around and there'd be a song that she'd want, she'd actually want the volume louder. <laughs> I, she gave me the more signal.
0: Yes. I love it. That's awesome.
1: So uh, no, thanks for indulging me in that. Uh want to talk a little bit too, as a, as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, do you ever feel stuck? And if you feel mm-hmm. stuck, what are some of your tips Uh, or personal techniques for getting unstuck?
0: I think entrepreneurship can feel really isolating because we talk a lot about the success stories or things that go really well, or people are writing a book about like the fabulousness that happened or, and I don't actually really like necessarily like this person, but I heard um, her talk, Rachel Hollis talk about, um, when Girl, Wash Your Face hit the bestseller list, everyone's like, how does it feel to be an overnight success? And she was just like, you didn't read the first five books that I published. I am not an overnight success. I've been trying to crack this thing for 15 years.
1: Right, um,
0: right. But that is not a catchy news bite, right? So a lot of times we hear, we see the shininess, we see these snippets of, or this loop or this reel and social media serves to reinforce that narrative. Um, and so when things go wrong, it can feel really devastating because you feel like you're the only person that things go wrong for. And so the more I'm just like honest about, oh God, this is a real shit show. I was like, oh yeah, that happened to me when I first started. I'm like, oh, thank God. Cause sometimes I just feel like like the black sheep at the entrepreneurial party. I'm like, why is this so hard? Why is this taking so long? Why don't I have a million dollars yet? Like what's like what's wrong with me? And everyone's like, oh no, honey. Like it just, it really just takes like, Right. It's going to take 10 to 15 years for this to do the thing that you think it should do. Um, and maybe some people have a lucky break and it, it goes a little bit quicker, but like relatively to forge a whole new path into something, it just takes a long time. And so I've had so many moments that felt like failures, but they really just became lessons. And I I really appreciate when someone says, oh yeah, that lesson cost me $100,000 to learn. I'm really glad it only cost you $15,000 to learn. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't so bad anymore. So I think ecosystem building and being a part of a group that can talk honestly about things that go well, helps me move through those things a lot more quickly because I am not a person who is inclined to tell people when I'm failing miserably at something.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I really thank you for sharing one. Thank you for sharing that being vulnerable on that on that perspective, because I was just thinking too, is 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 almost like a social media ec- echo chamber where sometimes you're looking at friends posting awesome pictures from the beach or they're eating a great meal and you're like, uh, I'm too tired to make a or you know, but even on the success side, here's how somebody was crushing it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're
0: like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not having? like that happened a lot in the coaching world that I I finally started to understand like Oh, you can make $10,000 in a month and i'll show you how to do it and. Then, like realizing this person had a personal training career that they built over 10 years that then they had people to pull from or you know, like so many things like that, so why can't we just be honest. Like there are definitely things and skills that I am not starting from scratch that I got, I got, there are certain shortcuts based on my background, based on my resiliency. um, But it doesn't mean it's still not going to take another 10 years to make this thing, the thing that I want it to be. And if we could all just like own that, I think it it would be a lot better.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um, One of, one of the other things I like to explore with, with guests is the notion of advice uh, and that tends to come in a couple different, and and not not to force either direction uh, can be a mix. Uh, but some seem to be that you know, when we're really young and cocky, some some wise uh, elder or mentor gives us gives us this phrase, and you're like, that sounds like nonsense. And then <laughs> later, you're like, and then later, you're like, oh my god, that was that was a really elegant <laughs> information payload. That's very well, you know and it still continues to help uh, and others tend to be like that where I steal this from Austin Kleon, still like an artist is when we're giving advice we're just talking to our younger self so I don't know do you have. You know good advice you received early or advice you wish you would have had or a mix for any listeners.
0: yeah I think my two kind of favorite pieces of advice like. this this has come up with friends or family. Like, how did you do something? Like, how did you even think about like the agenda period? And as I kind of alluded to earlier, I didn't jump into this, right? It was like all these seeds from my entire life that kind of culminated in this project and it'll culminate in my next project, right? There'll be something after this, of that I am sure. This is not the last fun thing I'm gonna work on in my life. But it's just, you don't have to figure it out to do something, you just follow the one yes and that yes opens up the next yes. And then the next yes and we again i think because of that highlight reel we think we just have to like jump to the top of the mountain but you have no idea what that journey is going to to create or pull out of you and so if you just follow like the next right thing and just focus on that that's enough um and that leads into my next piece of advice: is just remembering wherever you go there you are so if we don't do the the work the internal mental spiritual support work it it, it doesn't matter
1: Thank you. thank you. Another question. I, yeah, it's those and those are great. Uh one of the things I wanted to ask you kind of moving kind of back adjacent to uh the agenda period and when we were we were talking about kind of um uh kind of healthy healthy views and discussions of menstruation uh and I feel like I'm, I'm mixing up my words when I want to say menstrual health. Is that, am I, or is it just too adjacent to mental health that I'm trying to. Menstrual health. Yep. Yep. Okay. With how might non-menstruators be better allies?
0: Well, Matt has a really good story that he can share if he wants to about being a great ally. Um, but I think just listening and believing, even if you've never had that problem, um, that's a question I love when I get from male audience members: "Is like, how can I help?" Is just like say yes, say ask, ask how can I help, and then show up and then listen. And if you don't understand the problem, then let those other people who do have the. And this is this is beyond period work, right? It's about everything. It's about like, you don't have to have power over someone. You can be power with them and say, I, I don't understand this, but I believe you. And how how can I help? You know this better than me. How can I support you? Um, I think that's really important is letting the, the folks with the issue lead the charge.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Because one, one of the things I'm hearing too, is just a, a similarity to just a, almost just a general humanity about being empathetic. Right and and uh, and then it's hard because empathy is also that I, I I've kind of been there, right? Different than sim, but so one of the things that becomes challenging right is as a non menstruator right, and so I I really appreciate that too is is let folks lead the charge. Um, as as a white male, what I didn't hear at the top of the list was mansplaining that not not helpful. Not
0: helpful. Okay. I'll here, I'll take another one off the list for any other white male who might be confused. This is not a niche topic or a market. That's one I've gotten a lot. Oh, like this is like such a niche problem. No, like um over half of the planet has a menstrual cycle at some point. So it's not, not a small or insignificant thing to invest in, care about, be aware of. Right. So uh, if you you
1: you get to go hardcore on those arguments about like Tam and Sam, what's what, what what's the total addressable market? or serviceable address right a lot, a lot.
0: Like, many many
1: half the world
0: yeah so that's another not helpful thing to say um and yeah so i think those i think really listening and and asking because we can't assume that we know um and if someone needs something, like give them the, the safety, and I also think as an ally, and I see this in my social justice work, it is my responsibility as the person with privilege to make the other person feel safe and comfortable, not the other way around. And that means if I go into a space that has is multicultural or different races that are represented there, I have privilege in that space because of the color of my skin, and it is not anyone else's job to make me feel comfortable, it is my job to a signal and and be clear that I am a safe person. And if someone doesn't feel safe, that is my responsibility to ensure that they they can feel safe with the fullness of time. And if they don't want to be around me, I can understand that too, right? But that is the onus of me as the ally. And I think we don't always know how to do that with Vanessa's allies. I think it can be really, really challenging or cause people to feel defensive. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I, why would you be mad at me? That's actually not the point. Right, that's not the point of allyship. Is saying Ooh. I understand that you have been harmed by folks who look like me. So let me let me do the extra work to ensure your your psychological safety in this space. So when we look at workplace empl- employer programs or how someone could provide you know for their employee their their menstruating employees, I think that's really important to understand. You have the onus there as the ally.
1: Thank you, and and kind of my my response too was it does what your I completely agree with you. And, and the, what I'm, I'm feeling is, is one of the hard parts is um, letting, letting your ego go or suppressing your ego because it it's not, it's not about you individually right now, right? That like, like, like you said, you could, Oh, uh, like I getting upset because that person doesn't want to talk to me. Well, they have a different lived experience. Why don't I like, but yeah. express the ego for a little bit and and make space and just not, not only like when, when we're talking about menstrual health too, I just appreciate the the notion of, um, again, making safe space for, for everybody to be their authentic self. because I, I just think when when we do that, everybody wins. <laughs> like long, long term, the long play is everybody wins. The, I think the short term, it's hard for people to give up the power especially if it wasn't earned, right <laughs> like, but uh no, that is I, I really appreciate you sharing those those insights and uh wishing you the best with uh, with this venture and want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the podcast.'ve I've been wanting this conversation to happen for quite some time so I'm so so excited that it did.
0: Me too. I think I where I would love to end it is like I'm a proud person from Iowa. I know we've got a lot of opportunities for growth and deeper levels of inclusion, but we can build really cool things. And, and that's why I'm not living in Iowa currently, but that is home home-based. That's where I'm building my business, because there's this notion when we look at the ecosystem. It's not the ecosystem that I want to be there. Um, But we only get a different ecosystem if people contribute and put into that space there's this. um, sociological principle of like our book about it called hollowing out the middle where all these really cool ideas kind of get sucked out of the Midwest and are plant transplanted to the coast and then. More and more cool stuff happens there and less cool stuff happens in the middle, and I think that there is is. An opportunity to encourage more and more and more of these things to grow and be grown in the Midwest and I want to be a part of that so if there's anyone listening who's like hey, man I could really use a conversation a cup of coffee. Um, some insight some opportunity, obviously i'm not the furthest person along in this journey, but i'm really happy to share deeper on any topic of something that that's already been helpful so. That's something I think we can do well in the Midwest is take care of each other. So if anyone needs anything, I'd, I'd really love to be a part of anyone's journey or their ecosystem, so that we can continue to grow badass stuff in the Midwest and in Iowa.
1: That that's awesome. And yeah, just to re, to to reinforce that as well is just thinking about where we we met because of one million cups, right? And thinking about the these healthy. uh, if there please for folks listening please look up a million cups uh and oh, if there if there's a, a, a 1 million cups uh in your community go there. can't say they're all the same but what i can say for for what we are doing in iowa city is uh when it's at its best it is it's people being supportive it's it's not a shark tank competition right and no. it's but you 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 hear where uh new business owners are at, what they're challenged with. And, uh, all of a sudden you'll hear folks like, Oh, that's an, I, I went through this, uh, what I can show you my scars. I can tell you my battle stories. Uh, I can tell you also how to avoid all that or, or like maybe I know, I know a lawyer that works in, in this intellectual property space. I know a graphic designer that works in this space. You know, just all the places where you might need help, uh, that that's when I feel like it's kind of at its best is, is just here are some po- possible resources and just down to basically the, the most humane thing you said is too, is maybe I'm, I'm, I'm here to listen and maybe just have a cup of coffee.
0: Yeah. I honestly don't know if I would still be in entrepreneurship. If it wasn't for 1 million cups, like you and Andre and Jay and Aaron Potterbaum and just like the space in Iowa city, like saw me and cheered me on when I was a health coach. And I was like, she's the only health coach here, but like, let's cheer her on. It's awesome. And then like, got so on board when I was, you know, launching the agenda period and really like cheerlead support, hold, handhold cry with, you know, like it's hard to make something new. It's yeah. so hard. And so like, we definitely need each other. So 1 million cups, ugh. Yeah,
1: just your Jay, Aaron, Liz. They're like they're they're fantastic, like hype people, cheerleaders, and like just like super resources, strategists,
0: like everything. All of the things.
1: Yeah. So awesome.
0: Yes.
1: Alex, thanks again. It was a pleasure chatting with you today.
0: It was awesome. So good to see you. Thank you.